And so as we're sitting here today, uh, those of you guys that are online just know that we're masked up. We're sitting six feet apart from one another. We're sitting in clumps. We're trying to make this a predictable and consistent environment. And then also with our sign-in and stuff allows us to be able to do some contact tracing. So you guys, things are changing uh, like crazy all around us. And I know that we're all over the place in terms of how we feel about that. I know that, that a number of my friends, a number of high school students and younger that we're looking forward to playing sports. Now that's off for another three weeks. And so we're, we're sitting there and we're just, uh, we're a little disappointed uh, in, in those situations, but understanding. And so, uh, so I just want to be able to throw that out to, to everyone here and everyone that's online, uh, just that we are keeping those things in mind and continuing to pray uh, and, and hope to move forward. So I'm thankful for those of you guys that are here now. And, uh, and those of you guys that are online as well. So another thing that I wanted to do before we dive in is, uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read Tim's email this week, but it struck me. Uh, Tim's been at NewCov for 20 years. That is a long time, especially when you look around at the staff that he has to work with, right? So he's, he's, uh, he's been doing awesome things, and, and part of the reason why we've all been around for so long and probably why you've been around for so long is just that Tim is the same man whether he's up here on stage or wherever he is, at home, in his office, whatever, he is the same. And so we all appreciate that about him. And I know that he wouldn't want me to, to take time to, uh, to point that out uh, while he's here, but right now he's at home recovering from a knee surgery. And so I figure even if he doesn't like it, he's not going to catch me, right? <laughs> huh? All right. So if you have a chance, and if you're online, in fact, he's probably online right now for the first time uh, since this whole uh, situation started. So if you're online, go ahead and shoot him a comment and say, thanks, Tim. And if you're uh, present here, maybe shoot him an email. Uh, it's tim at newcovchurch.org, and I am giving you the right email address this time, so that's, that's good. But we're so thankful uh, for him and for his leadership. Uh, I'm excited today also to be able to dive in to Ephesians chapter 6. So we've been working our way through the book of Ephesians, uh, which, is, which has been very fitting. And one of the things that I wanted to be able to, uh, to make sure that we're all aware of is, even though we're, we're talking about Ephesians 6, 1 through 9 today, this is, we're in the last part of Paul's letter. So Paul has, has, been, has gone through five other chapters. And so as we get to the end, Paul's starting to tell us what we can do as a thank you note to God as a thank you note for what he has done for us. Remember, so we've, we've talked about this God that loves us, that's deeper than you could imagine, wider than you could imagine, and taller than you could imagine. And Paul's praying that we would come to an understanding of how much that love is. And once we start to get a grasp for what God has done, what Jesus has done in our lives, then we naturally start asking the questions, well, God, what can I do? So, I like to think about living my life as a thank you note to God. So once we have an understanding for the grace, the mercy, the love that, that Christ has offered us, uh, then we have an opportunity to live our lives as a thank you note to him. So if you would, in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, I'm going to read these uh, verses here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And actually, so I have watched at home with my family before, and I know that just, just now, people at home, 
They're like trying to uncover their kids from the blankets. You're on the couch and stuff. And, or maybe some of you guys left the living room and you're like, no, this is a bad time to sleep in. We're going to run upstairs, get our kids, because I want you to hear that. <laughs> so, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win favor when their eyes on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. So I'm going to talk to you a few different groups of people today. We're going to talk to, to kids, students in the room. Uh, we'll be addressing you specifically. Parents, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about our role in our situation as well. And then I don't know anybody out there who might happen to be an employee or an employer or, uh, in, I don't know, uh, subordinate to someone. We'll, we'll be talking about all of those uh, types of situations. So, It'll, it'll fit uh, with each of us as we, as we get to go through um, these, different, these different roles. Also, one thing that stuck out to me is, as, as I read and studied, all of these things are good. Whether uh, when we're talking about uh, children, it's the perspective that, that comes from that. Or when we're talking about parents, uh, there's different perspectives or things that we can pull that no matter what our role or life stage is, uh, that come from that. So... Um, so I do like that, that Paul is, uh, Paul was kind of a share the why guy before sharing the why was cool. If you read all of his letters that he's, uh, that he writes the different, uh, the different cities or groups of people, uh, you'll notice that he shares why we would want to obey Jesus or why we would want to act in a certain way or do certain things. And so, uh, so I really, I really do appreciate that about him. So, let's talk about, uh, first, children in the room, or children and students. Uh, let's talk about why you might want to obey, as opposed to just what, right? So, often it's presented as, like, I need you to do this, or this, or this. Uh, but let's just talk about what that is. And I know that, that some of you guys are getting nudges, and if you're in the room right now, go ahead and lean forward just a little bit, because we've got some things here for you that, uh, that are very special. If you, if you hang in there with me, there's some... Uh, really cool promises that are there. So here's what the verse says. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a purpose, so that it may go well with you and that you may have long life on the earth. First of all, Paul is not just making a statement to please adults in the room or at home. Um, and remember, what Tim just talked about was he talked to, to adults about submitting to one another as submitting to Christ. And so at that point, we're like, does Paul really know what he's talking about? But now, we're, now he's got us back on the, on the hook there with like, of course he does. Of course he does. Children, you should obey. Uh, 
He's actually quoting one of the Ten Commandments. God has commanded that children obey their parents, but the cool part is that it it comes with a promise that it might go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, if you're a student or a child in this room, it seems kind of contrary to maybe what your experience uh, has been because it seems like you're just not getting to do what you get, what you want to do when you obey your parents. Uh, if you think about it, um, sometimes it, it means doing the exact opposite of what you really want to do. Uh, we just had Halloween just a little while ago. I've got one of my little uh, things of Halloween, my Halloween candy. Uh, any students or children want to sit down and just gobble up all their Halloween candy all at once? But what happened? Mom said no. Yeah? And then anybody, anybody ever want 30 more minutes uh, to play on the Xbox? And what happened? Dad said, no, nah, I'm sorry, it's time to be done. It doesn't seem like you're getting your way. Or maybe you're a student in the room, and you, you, you know that your parents are, or you know that you want to stay out because all your friends are staying out for a while, and so you want to be able to stay out until midnight. And your parents say, sorry, your curfew is 11. Oh, sorry. Your curfew is 8.15, right? Because that's what we set a curfews for. Um, it just seems like you're not getting to do things the way uh, that you want to. But here's what I want you to know. If God says that he will make... God says that he will make your, your time on the earth long and that it may go well with you, that's what he means. He will because... God is truth, and God never lies. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking to, uh, to middle school students as we've been meeting safely outside, and then last week inside, uh, being able to do that. Uh, we've been talking about what it looks like to make wise choices. And uh, when we make wise choices to obey our parents, what is it that God does? He might pro- what, might, what might he protect us from? Well, He might protect us from getting into trouble, making bad choices, creating a hard relationship with our parents, or receiving consequences uh, in our life that are just flat-out challenging. A good relationship with your parents provides trust between you and your parents. Good character in us uh, teaches us to rely on Jesus. All the good things that God provides for us when we choose to obey our parents. So remember, students and children, as you're choosing to obey your parents, you're also choosing to obey Christ because your parents are submitting to Jesus. They're seeking to follow Jesus' lead, and so as you follow their lead, you are following Jesus. It's another way that we can uh, submit before him. So I had one experience uh, as a kid, just, just one uh, one experience as a kid that just drove home the reason for obeying for me, and it's still like, uh, it's a little bit traumatic for me to even talk about, but I was in seventh grade, and it was the 4th of July, and my family had just decided we're not going to do fireworks this year, and I thought, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll be fine. I don't need to do fireworks. I don't, I don't need that. It's a waste of my money, blah, blah, blah. So on the 4th of July, I'm in front of my house getting ready to mow the lawn, because what else do you do on the 4th of July, right? So I'm going to mow the lawn, filling up the gas can in the, or filling up the, the, uh, 
the lawnmower with my gas can and just dribbles a little bit on the, on the drive. And I thought, I remember this like, just like a ding. And I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I'll just light that little bit of gas that's on the driveway on fire and just, just watch it flame up because that'd be fun. So I set the gas can down and, and I go get a lighter because those are readily available. And, uh, and I just light the little, the little part on the, the driveway and just like I thought, except there was a trail going back to the gas can that I had thought to make sure that I put it out of the way, which was back in the garage next to the cars. And so quick thinking, right? I ran in, didn't want the cars to go up in flames. So I ran in around the gas can, kicked the gas can out over onto the bushes and the landscaping, which the landscaping at that time, we used railroad ties, which are, of course, soaked in petroleum. It's dry. It's July. This, this, this bush is going up in flames, and so I like to think of that as kind of my Moses experience. Uh, and so, you guys, my, my parents are across the street hanging out with friends. I've got this raging fire in front of me. I run around the house, and I go, Dad! And I was told that my dad was athletic. I had never seen it. But he came running across the street, jumped over our split rail fence, because everybody had split rail fence back then. I'm not sure why. And, and he came running over just in time to, uh, to watch me as I ran, I ran up to the, uh, to the door of our home, turned on the garden hose, and started just putting that out. And so I was like, I was so traumatized, you guys. My heart was racing. I didn't know what to do. And, and, uh, uh, and it was... It was shocking, but that is when I realized, hey, it makes sense to obey my parents. They had told me, hey, don't, don't play with fire. I learned it that day. It was, it was so good. So again, here's what the verse says. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Can anyone... Tell me how things might have gone better to me, better with me, had I <laughs> obeyed my parents and not played with fire. Anybody? Anybody? I can't think of a reason. Okay. So before I move on from this, I do feel like we need to make the point with honoring our father and mother and obeying our parents that this is a this is a time sensitive commandment. So the 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 parent-child relationship is a temporary one. The married relationship, the husband-wife relationship, is a permanent relationship. And so there comes a time when uh, children, students, as, we, as we, we're going to age out of needing to obey our parents. And parents, we're going to have to recognize that our kids are aging out of them needing to obey us. So there's a whole other conversation that we can have about what it looks like to continue to honor our parents uh, as we move forward, but not for today. So let's keep moving, because things just keep getting better here. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, at first, I thought this was pointed just squarely, directly at fathers, and I did read in multiple places that maybe, maybe there's a chance that we're also talking to, to moms in this as well. So there were, there's a little bit of, of things that were out there. I concluded that maybe 
Uh, I needed to see fathers on this so that I w- it would grab my attention. Moms, you might just already know this, uh, but we need to know that dads and moms, your words matter. They influence, and so let's let them have a positive influence on our kids. By the way, exasperate means to irritate and frustrate someone intensely. I see the power uh, that I have to irritate and dig into my kids. And sometimes when I get going, it's just too easy to just keep it going. And so back to my burning bush story that I told you, what I, what I really appreciated, and I don't, know that, I don't know that my dad was calculated in this response. I don't know if that he saw that I was just trembling inside and out, that I had almost burned down our entire house. But you know what he said? He said, so matter of fact, hey, good thinking, getting the garden, getting the garden hose. And then he just walked back across the street. And I was like, hey. Because apparently, he knew that he did not need to exasperate the situation and remind me, listen, Troy, I told you not to play with fire. Okay, so, so hats off to him uh, today for, uh, for being that dad that did not, uh, did not dig in. So, as I continue with this, with this verse or this section of not exasperating our children, uh, let me make sure that, that I make it straight that I don't have all the answers. One of the things that, uh, that I've loved about being a part of New Cove is being able to sit with other parents and learn from them. Uh, and in fact, one of, the, one of the ongoing conversations over and over is that it seems overwhelming to think uh, that as a parent, uh, we, would, we would be able to, we were adequate enough to be able to teach our kids and train them in the ways of Jesus. But, 18 years ago, I started here at New Covenant Community Church. I had a one-year-old daughter. Her name's Chloe. She's now older than that. One year later, we had a son, Landon, who's now also older than that. And then seven years after Landon, we had a son, Rylan. And I cannot tell you how blessed I've been to be able to sit in the same room with awesome parents. Um, somewhere in there, I notice what I share so readily. You guys hear me say this a lot when I get up. The, my favorite thing about New Cove is the people of New Cove. That doesn't just come from a broad statement. It comes from sitting in living rooms with people. It comes from sitting on the sidelines with people. It comes from crying with people. It comes from listening uh, to folks and hearing what it is that uh, that they're experiencing with their kids. And at some point I thought, you know what, Troy? You cannot keep this stuff to yourself. This is so awesome. This needs to be shared because we're better parents together. We're better in company, which is when we decided to start our parent company stuff uh, that we started talking about. Because parents need to be inspired by other parents. And what was happening or what we would find sometimes is that parents would hear what other parents are doing and then they go, oh, man, I stink as a parent. But to be able to turn that and just allow yourself to be inspired. Because I want you to hear about parents uh, that, that I know and have talked to and that are sitting in this room and beyond and watching at home. And some of the things that were inspiring uh, for me that we need to hear about. Did you know that there's a parent 
a dad that leads a small group every Wednesday night, and he fasts every Wednesday because he wants those boys in his group to know Jesus. Awesome, inspiring. Um, I want you to be able to hear about another dad that travels most weeks, and he makes it a point when he's traveling to be able to write a postcard to his kids encouraging them, even while he's away. Furthermore, you know what else I learned from him? Furthermore, he, when he does get home on the weekends, when he's super tired and all he wants to do is be home, he does not let the excuse, I'm tired, keep him from being able to have an experience with his daughters. From other parents, I've learned to include your kids in conversation. Bridge the gap, bridge the gap to the kids' table. Play with your kids. Volunteer. Give them nicknames. Build them up. From others, we heard creative ways to teach our kids about money. Maybe the most important in 20 years, and again, looking out in this room, and I know beyond, we learned to be able to play the long game with our kids, which means not to let the immediate, uh, not to let the immediate override the end relationship and where we want that to be. So my family has benefited greatly from the village of New Cove. We've had to continue, uh, that we've had and we continue to have amazing people that are coming alongside of, of my kids, who are now older, of course, that are now sharing more about Jesus than what Susan or I uh, could possibly do on our own. So we are so thankful to be able to have a community, a village of New Cove to be able to do that. So that's my little shameless plug that we need to continue to come together we need to continue to inspire one another and continue to set our kids up with other adults that are saying the same things that we're saying. So playing the long game, the biggest takeaway for us, and we're still talking about not exasperating our children, but bringing them up in the, in the instruction and training of the Lord, the biggest thing that we learned is to be able to learn to adjust the thermostat of our home. Now, thankfully, we're not talking about the physical thermostat at our home, I've been described by one friend as, as being the guy that would pick up a penny and you would hear, hear an eagle scream. Uh, my family might happen to call me cheap. I like to think that uh, we, so we keep our, our house cold in the winter and warm in the summer, and we do that so that we're able to uh, experience the seasons fully. I think that's <laughs> it's important. The thermostat, though, that I'm talking about is the emotional thermostat of your home. As a parent, we need to decide to set the temperature at a comfortable level and not let it dip down when we're feeling grumpy. Not let it dip down into the, the chilly 30s and, and make it so that people are tiptoeing around. But we have the opportunity to be, able to, uh, to be able to set that temperature. So in his book, uh, Confident Parenting, Jim Burns uses the acronym AWE. I'm about to tell you guys how to have an AWE-full Household, if you will. So he used the acronym all, all, ah, 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 thank you, uh, to describe lots of affection, filling your home with warmth, providing tons of encouragement. So let's talk about affection. First thought with affection maybe is that we're like, oh yeah, we should hug, group hug, family. And some families, that's great. Some kids, oh yeah, just more hugs. That'll be great. But what I'm recommending is that uh, be a student of your kids, of your household. See what it is that, uh, see how they receive love. 
Maybe you've heard of the, the five love languages that we've talked about. Physical touch is one of those. Uh, quality time is another. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts. If we study our kids, maybe try some things. And guys, this isn't just our household and our kids, but maybe there's other people that you're trying to relate to and you're trying to figure out, how do I communicate uh, love to, to this person or these people? Uh, give your child a gift and just kind of watch and see, like, do they feel loved? Spend 30 minutes on the floor playing toys and just see, like, do they become inseparable? Uh, do something nice for them. Help clean their room. Is that an act of service? How, do they, how are they responding? What does that look like? So being able to bring affection to our home that way. And then rather than, uh, rather than telling your teen what frustrates you about them, take time to tell them what you really like about them. Uh, bring, that bring that affection uh, about. The W stands for warmth. Uh, you might consider, like, do, do my children like being in our home? Do, do I like being in this home? What's the, uh, emotionally, is it a place where my children enjoy? Or is it negative? Is it a critical war zone? Now listen, all families are human, right? We all have things that, that come up and we, we fight and we, we get at each other with, with different things. But overall, Parents, as we set the temperature for that to not exasperate our children, it means learning to be able to apologize when we need to or recognize, listen, I'm trying to follow Jesus, and, and this is what I feel like he's telling me. And so I'm really sorry that I responded this way when you wanted to stay out past 8.30 p.m., but, uh, but that's just that's what I feel like God's telling me. And so being able to have conversation about what's happening that way. Um, another thing that's helpful in terms of, of uh, warmth is this whole idea of, is this situation a tragedy or is it an inconvenience? I had two different inconveniences this, year, this week, and, and God normally does this, and I love this. Like, hey, help this make sense to me, God, so that I can understand and be able to share this with people. And so one was forgetting a backpack, Another was spilling stuff on the floor. And I started to go, ah, but this is inconvenient. This is not a tragedy. Saving big responses for big problems is important as parents when we bring warmth. A big problem might be your child running out into the street. That would elicit a big response. Hey! A smaller problem might not uh, because we want, those, we want those responses to be able to be heard, and if they're all at the same level all the time, then uh, we lose some of that opportunity for warmth. Lastly, the E is for encouragement. You guys provide tons of encouragement for your kids. They need to know how awesome they are because they're definitely not hearing it in the world. Kids are battling peer pressures, bullies, hurtful comments, injustices, they're battling comparisons, feeling inadequate. And then they have this person that they're trying to keep up virtually or online with, their, with the social media aspect. All those things are coming at them. They need their home to be a place where they can drop their battle gear and feel safe. Encouragement will help to fill uh, your, your child's bucket. Abraham Lincoln had said... Uh, 
He said, if you look for something uh, negative, he said, when you look for the bad in people, you will certainly find it. The opposite is, is, is true as well. If we can look for the good in our kids and encourage that and bring that up, that's so important. So learning to create an awe-filled environment in our house helps us to not exasperate our children and allow situations that arise, help us to point them toward Jesus. So consider this little activity. I did bring my snacks. I'll, I'll withhold from eating them. So right here, for those of you guys at home, see if I can see this. I have a bowl of pretzels right here. This is really tricky. Uh, I'm going to shake this bowl of, of pretzels, and then I just want you to see what happens. Okay? This is going to be a problem in just a few minutes. I'm now thinking about all the crunched up pretzels that are going to happen. Okay, so what happened? Pretzels came out of the bowl. Why did pretzels come out of the bowl? Initially, we want to say it's because, Troy, you shook this. I would say pretzels became out of the bowl because there were pretzels in the bowl. See, life continues to happen. As parents, if we continue to model, if we model what we want to have come out, then that's, that's what comes out when, when life gets a little shaky. Let's try another one. This, by the way, is my son's Halloween candy. He's doing pretty good, actually. Didn't know that I took it this morning, and he's still handling it pretty well. So if I shake this, what happened? Candy came out of the bowl. Why did candy come out of the bowl? Because there was candy in the bowl. So what we model, if we want our kids to respond a certain way, if we want our kids to be able to relate to one another in a certain way, we have to model that. We have to fill the bowl with what we want to see happen. And that's all part of setting that thermostat to that comfortable level as we, uh, as we work with our kids. Crunch, crunch. Okay, so here's a couple of action points uh, for us on that level. You guys, we have a couple of things that are coming up. Stacy's going to talk more about these in just a few minutes. But, uh, but Deck the Halls is coming up. And that's an opportunity to literally, I've done this, sign up with my, with my family. We're having people spaced out. You're decorating Christmas trees. But you can also look around and watch. Hey, how, do these, how are other families relating to one another? What can I learn? Are there things that I can be more encouraging to my kids? Are there, are there ways that, that, I can, uh, that I can become a better parent that way? Uh, Advent reading, Stacy's going to talk about this, but everybody else is doing it. We're going to have a once-a-week Advent reading, an inward and an outward. Inward is something that you read and ask some questions about. Outward is an action that you'll be able to take, and you can do that together. Uh, if, if getting over a, a hump of beginning to do something spiritually is, with your family is something that you haven't uh, been able to do yet, this is a great opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, Bible readings. We have a Bible reading plan that's, uh, that's there online for you. I always recommend, like, hey, include your kids. Do a Bible reading plan with them. This one is called uh, Kickstart Your Faith or Kickstart a Conversation with God. I love this. This would be a great one to do with uh, your middle school or high school student, maybe your older grade school student. Otherwise, uh, there's tons of other ones that are there. Hey, let me, uh, so I read this passage already. I'm noticing on time that, that I'm, I'm crunching us. So the last part, bit of the passage talks specifically about slaves and their masters. In short, I'm just going to roll through this quickly, but in short, is slavery okay? No. Does the Bible advocate for slavery? No. 
Thank you. We got a right answer right behind me. That's good. Uh, there's, of course, plenty to address here, but some of the takeaways. Uh, if any of us are employed or any of us are, uh, have other people working under us, out of your understanding for God's love for us and the power that he has over all situations, show your trust for him by submitting to Jesus. It's that continued trickle down of relationships. It started with husbands and wives submitting to one another, submitting to Jesus. It goes to parent or kids submit to your parents. Again, we're talking about uh, slaves submitting to masters or uh, employees submitting to employers. And then also those employers, those people that think that they're at the very top, it's like, oh, 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 there's still God in heaven. And so let all of your work, everything that you do, reflect the trust and love that you have for Jesus. So let me go ahead and pray. God, thanks so much uh, for an opportunity to be able to come together today. Uh, thanks for those that uh, are online joining us and those that uh, are here as well. God, I do pray that, uh, that you would allow us just to be able to take something today and, and use it as an encouragement to us as we seek to follow you and seek to show our trust in you. God, thanks for the way that you love us and care about us. I pray these things in your awesome name. Hey, lastly, uh, if we would text respond uh, to 402-260-2400, that allows us to be able to know what prayer requests you have uh, so that we can, we can get those. You could also leave a comment there if you wanted to uh, for Pastor Tim, just thanking him for, uh, for his longevity here, which is, which is fantastic. So are these going to be in your way, these pretzels? You going to be okay? Thank you, guys.